Hello, friends, and welcome to the On Grace podcast. I am here with the Hall and Oates of Broadway United <laughs> Methodist Church, one Wendell Van Valen and Wayne Hunter. I don't know which is which because in Hall and Oates, I don't know which is which. Well, my dad was a truck driver, so when you say hauling oats, are you talking about <laughs> transporting them from one place to another? Or? There you go. <laughs> this, I'm, and I'm Wayne, uh, if you didn't <laughs> know already. Wayne with the dad jokes. <laughs> That's right. And uh, I've thought and thought about how to do alliteration with this, and it doesn't work because you have Wayne and you have Wendell, and so I've come up with Waysan. <laughs> so you are now Wisan. Wisan. Yeah. And you sit the bench for the jazz. Uh, uh, well, it fits. number one, I've been called worse. And number two, I would love to sit the bench for the Utah jazz. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's fixed. The three W's. <laughs> it's like Mowage. See, we can use the W right. in there anyway. Right. Anyway, um, to be honest with our listeners, we have sat here for 10 or 15 minutes and tried to figure out how to deal with grace in community when you have people who are, for lack of a better term, boogers. They, uh, they don't fit. They could be bullies. They could be uh, control freaks. They could uh, be people who tell lies uh, about other people or tell lies in the church setting about God, about doctrine, about whatever. And uh, we have not come to a conclusion. And so this podcast may very well be uh, just leave all of us hanging at the end with like, well, what was that? Uh, because this is extremely difficult to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And we were t- what we were talking about was um, how grace, how much do we trust grace is part of the question. And part of it is... Uh, what responsibility does grace have to protect people to and who decides who's being protected and who's being enabled uh, and how you make those calls if you're in leadership or if you're not in leadership, if you're in a setting where that's happening, how do you yeah. decide what's uh, redemptive or healthy or whatever the word is? In, in uh, JB, with your context with the, with the youth, do you ever have like open mic times when they can share and all of a sudden you realize whoops we've got somebody up there who's potentially going to do some damage what do you what do you typically do well we actually do have that we have it coming up this sunday as as a matter of fact uh, we call it senior share and we give our seniors opportunity to share about their experience uh, in youth group their experience with faith and and how god has uh, been present and active in their lives um but that's a fantastic question. We have done in the past kind of an open mic, you know, come if you want to share something that has happened or something that you've seen uh, to, to come up and share it. Um, and at times it has been uh, a little bit uh, tenuous, you know, like flying um, or trapezing without a net. <laughs> you don't fly with the net. Um, but, but, we, you know, at all times, like we trust the process of grace. We trust the presence of God right. in them. But we've also had situations where we've had to talk to folks in the context of uh, a small group setting where, um, you know, drama happens and folks weren't getting along for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And so what we try to do is 
bring about redemption and, and forgiveness. Uh, but we try not to be blasé or cliche about that, like, you know, and, and try not to mitigate if there was a wrong done that, that there was, that there was harm done. We don't just say, well, you know, suck it up, be right. forgiven and give forgiveness because that's what we do here. We don't use forgiveness to silence people who have been hurt. Right. And we, I think, trust the process that in the midst of sharing um, the hurt or, or sharing what what has happened, um, that that God will be present in that conversation, and God will hopefully be present in in that redemption. I'm I'm a little bit um, I don't know less clear on what happens if the the person in front, the leader, is is a is maybe a bully, uh, gets fed by being in control. Right. You know, like you said, Wendell feeding the monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, or what happens when when that person isn't repentant that is isn't sorry is like well you right. deserved it or i'm right and you're wrong so yeah in the spirit of this particular episode i don't know man <laughs> well that's a good to have a conversation because you've got to talk about the hurter and the hurtee and so the hurtee needs to be heard and if you say for just forgive they don't get heard so you address that the 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 one who got bullied or deceived or poked with a stick they they get a chance to so there needs to be some conversation and there needs to be some listening and hearing and what do you do with Wayne what do you do with bullies um <laughs> not i i do not know what to do i i i believe in and we talked about this the power of grace and the direction you know you can't measure what's going on by one encounter or one meeting. You have to keep in the context of all that uh, those relationships look like um, and in the hopes that that God, like Jason said, that God is present in this and that God is active and he's involved and it's not just us and people are unhealthy and they're going to do unhealthy things, but, but grace is gaining momentum among us. It's accumulating uh, in our relationships. But you know there are people who uh, who use their the platform in in unhealthy ways, uh, and so I mean we talk about confrontation and those kind of things, but that comes after it's already happened. Uh, what do you do in that in that moment? Yeah, what? How do you? You know, and sometimes we know people who are like that, and we know that if given the opportunity, they're going to misuse it. So how do we prevent that? What, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how we. And I think it's always going to be messy, and difficult. Uh, and so maybe that's just part of we have to live with. I don't know. I, I don't know if we can take this as a cue. We're on thin ice here, maybe. But Jesus was so gentle with sinners. He was so gentle with. Uh, the woman at the well and the woman caught in adultery and and people who we would call who culture would call sinners he was so gentle with them but with the church leadership um, they were bullies and he could out bully them I mean some of his <clears throat> on the steps of the temple the last trip to Jerusalem when he raised his voice and woe 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 to you I mean there he was he was 
showing I can bully too. <clears throat> I can raise my voice. I can flex. Mm -hmm. And I can make you look stupid. I can reveal your... Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you do that? <laughs> Say, okay. So do I JB, flex you got, on them? No, no, like if you, so if you got, Every a, day. If, you got a, if you got somebody coming up front in the youth group and they, they, it was all, it's almost as if they waited for this opportunity. So now I can flex. Now I can, you know, whatever. Is it feasible that you would get up and out flex? Them? <laughs> Just like, okay, if this is the game you want to play, let's, let's play this game. I think it would depend on the relationship I have with that person and kind of what what they said or how how they approached it. I, I think that we can tolerate, and maybe this church-wide, we can tolerate a difference of opinion about maybe scripture or theology, but right. what we can't tolerate is a difference of opinion, a difference of opinion in who bears the image of God. And so if if this is a theological conversation or a theological disagreement or a cultural disagreement, you know, this movie's good, but this movie sucks, or this team, right. you know, that's fine. But uh, I think when it becomes uh, aggressive and attacking, at that point, it's my job as a leader to to step in. I, I will say, however, I, th I think the important part is, or the important part for me, is the assumption of the presence of God in, in that person and in the interaction. And so if that person is coming off aggressively, or mean, or uh, jerk-facey, then there's something else going on. There's something else happening right. in, in that person. And so then the question for me becomes, am I the person to probe a little bit deeper to find out what is happening, or is there someone else who needs to do it? So for example, uh, in like a more personal context, not maybe a youth ministry context, but if someone is being aggressive or mean or bullying me, mm -hmm. my assumption is that I, I've, I've done something to them or something's going on or I've right. triggered them in some way. So then in, in my mind, in my spirit is uh, the question becomes, am I the one to address this with this person right. or does somebody else need to do it? Uh, essentially, if I address it, am I going to cause more damage to right. that person or more damage to me? Is is can can yeah, this still be a yourself to that. Yeah. yeah? Can this still be a, a safe interaction for right. for both, both of us? Parties. And maybe it can't. You know, maybe right. it can't. And so there there's been times where you know I've said this is you know um, this is right. this is not a conversation we're we're going to have. Right. Yeah. But you're acknowledging that is that is it is a conversation that needs to take place. With somebody in in the yes yes in the sense that there's some damage here yeah and I believe that the the damage can be redeemed and the damage can be healed I I don't know that maybe this is shirking my responsibility I don't know that I am the person who is able to at at this moment in time redeem right. the damage or heal the damage yeah um I I would like to think that's not me shirking my responsibility right. um i do want to give the person an opportunity to be heard but there's but there's been times in my life where folks have become personal or hateful and at that point it's like you know, I, we just can't do this anymore you know i'll i want to listen to you i want to love you but i'm not going to love you in such a way that damages me right yeah I th yeah i think that's wise 
I think my question is kind of going to, in both cases, the herter and the herty. Those neither one are word probably, but anyway. So we need to have conversations with both. And so if you have a bully and you're the designated converser, you're the one who's going to talk with them, what does that conversation look like in the context of grace? Somebody, Okay, somebody bullied you. You say you need to go talk to so-and-so. So I'm that so-and-so. So what does that conversation look like? Is it a corrective conversation? Is it a probative conversation? Is it a... Because you were indicating there's something going on there. Yeah. Well, I think we, we started out weeks ago talking about grace as um, as um, being vulnerable, willing to be vulnerable and be present with somebody. So when we express grace in that conversation, I think that that's still what we do. We go to them, and maybe that's where we draw the line. If we don't feel safe being vulnerable with somebody, then we need a third party there or somebody else to take care of that question uh, because that is part of grace. And so if I'm in that conversation, one of us has to take the first step of being vulnerable to the other and saying either in the expression of hurt or the expression of confession. Um, you know, I think what I said hurt you, and I apologize for that, or what you said felt like this to me. And both of those are vulnerable statements, but somebody has to, if grace is going to operate there, somebody has to take that step uh, and both of you be present to that moment, not bringing our agendas in with it. And that's difficult to do, and sometimes, you know, it's difficult to, for somebody who isn't, isn't willing to do that, to be vulnerable and to be present to that moment, not bringing all the, the past or their other agendas with them to see whether that's going, you know, that's why a lot of those conversations aren't helpful because we don't ever get to those points, I think. Well, if, some, if somebody's, we're just talking about, I mean, you opened it up, somebody tried to bully you or whatever. So if, they're, if you're trying to have a conversation with them, all they're thinking is, I hate JB, I want to hurt him. That right. conversation's not going to right. What, what where where are you going to go with that? Um, if you if you tried to probe and say why are you so hateful toward me, then they would say, well, you're a jerk face. That's why. Well, okay, you're not getting anywhere. Right. You know, right. So at some point, there need there to me there needs to be some probative questions about. Mm-hmm. It's obvious that you're angry. Right. You know, you almost put on your Freud hat and say, can we can we connect the dots back right. and figure out, you know, where did this start? Because the problem is never what it appears to be. Right. The issue is never what it appears to be. It always yeah. goes deeper, deeper. And and that takes some investment. It right. takes some huge investment yeah. to say, I'm I'm here for the duration. Yeah. Well, it's going to take a while to hear this story. I'm here. Yeah. Let's hear it, you know, and right. dig and dig in. Because I could be super naive, but I think most people who are violent or most people who are bully-ish are crying out to be heard. They they need to be heard. And if we hear them, I'm not justifying the bullying mm-hmm. as a technique. Yet to, to me, you have to get pretty desperate to be to do that. But I think they somebody listen to me. Somebody hear what I have to say. So if you are the designated listener, you say I'm all ears. Mm-hmm. And let's let's dig this. Right. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think that's 
a way that grace expresses itself in that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Something, something I've dealt with, uh, and maybe we can talk about this in the future, is, and, and I've talked to you all off mic about this, is the idea that Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is in you with no qualifications. You just said that. So to me, that should flavor all of our conversations, including this one. When you're talking to a bully or a, a booger, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. you're talking to that person, you are actively looking for the kingdom that Jesus said is in that person. Right. They may not see it, but you may be able to catch a glimpse of it, and you may be able to speak it out to their surprise. Yeah. And, and there's this huge aha moment. Right. I don't yeah. Know. So grace as not just listening, but cultivating the presence of God in somebody else. Yeah. Uh, the the silly example that I've been thinking about is the guy by the pool of Bethesda, and, G- and he'd been there for thirty years. And Jesus said, "When you look in the mirror, you see a guy on a mat. When I look in the mirror, or when I look at you, I see the kingdom of God, active, walking, carrying a mat. This is what I see. I speak that into you." And the guy's like, whoa, I hadn't thought of that. Picks up his mat, walks off. I'm not sure there was a medical miracle that took place there as much as there was a an aha moment. You know, look at me, yeah. I'm a walker. Yeah. Maybe we can talk about this next time. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for being here and being a part of this conversation on Grace My name is Jason Brown. I've been hanging out with Wendell Van Valen and Wayne Hunter. We all serve at a Methodist church in Bowling Green, Kentucky.